my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Mark Moss Show, where we're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about the decentralized revolution that is happening right now. We're living through this and we're documenting it each and every step of the way. Big, big, big things are happening right now as I'm taking, uh, taking the time to make this recording as, we're, as I'm talking to you uh, for The Mark Moss Show. And that is uh, the entire cryptocurrency market cap is literally melting down. It's like a sea of red. But it's not just the cryptocurrency market. It's the entire market. We're talking about uh, the the NASDAQ. We're talking about the, the tech stocks. We're talking about um, you know the tech darlings that are down. I think 50% of that exchange is down or that index is down by more than 50%. Some of the big darlings there like Zoom and Shopify and Peloton are down like 80 percent or more. Um, but even other things like gold is down. I mean, we're seeing um, things getting hammered all the way across the board. And even some of the big darlings like um, Tesla, even Tesla is getting absolutely crushed right now. Um, and even safe haven assets. Now today, it looks like gold is doing a little bit better than it has been. Uh, but typically, people think about 
gold as being that safe haven hedge. Uh, but yeah, even even uh, even Tesla looks like it's getting absolute uh, crushed right now, which I wonder if that's going to affect Elon Musk's bid for buying Twitter. Hmm. It's down about 40% um, since its November high. Uh, so that's interesting. The whole world is melting down. And of course, the cryptocurrency markets are being completely hammered. If you look at um, CoinMarketCap, which is kind of a listing of all the cryptocurrencies that are out there, you can see... Um, what do we have? 19,400 cryptocurrencies listed here. And if you scroll through, I mean, it's just a sea of red. The only green that I see at the time that I'm talking to you right now is uh, USD coin, USDC. I see Binance coin, BUSD. And I see, shoot, man, uh, true USD. <laughs> so basically we have the stable coins are the only things that are still in the green here. And that is, uh, that's the big story. The big story is the stable coins themselves. And so the big, big story is the stable coins and in particular UST. So UST is a Terra Luna stable coin. And there's big things happening with that. And it appears to be, I don't want to say it's the cause of all the market panic. It's certainly not the cause, but it's definitely exaggerated. So I want to break that down. I want to break down what the heck these stable coins are. We're going to talk about the different types, the different categories, how they're used, why they're used, um, what the government wants to do about regulating these things. Um, and then we're going to talk about um, the only two that I think are the ones that you'd even want to be in. I want to then talk about it from a historical um, perspective because re and the reality is, is that uh, stable coins are nothing new. As a matter of fact, yeah, I like to talk about history all the time. History doesn't just uh, repeat, it rhymes. Uh, and it's, it's rhyming and it's repeating right now. So this is nothing new. We've seen this before. Um, so I'm going to give you that historical perspective, and then I'm going to give you the warnings and uh, some ways that you can pretend, potentially protect yourself. So a lot to cover today on the Mark Moss Show. Thanks for tuning in. If you're not um, tuning in on a regular basis, then you certainly should. You're probably missing out. And so make sure to set a reminder to be with me each and every time at this same time at the same channel. So at the time of my recording, as I said, uh, it's an absolute bloodbath. We see Bitcoin is down 28% on the seven day. Ethereum's down 30%. Um, Binance coin, XRP, Cardano, 45%. Solana, 52%. I mean, it's just an absolute murder out there. And like I said, the, the, um, the markets are melting down. But the big thing that's dragging down all the markets, including a lot of the big hedge funds, including a lot of uh, the blue chip stocks like the Teslas, and including the entire cryptocurrency market cap, like I said, is this Terra Luna situation that's going on. And so let's talk about that real quickly. So the first thing is, we're talking about stable coins. So stable coins are the big um, darling of cryptocurrencies. Of course, it's like this DeFi. DeFi stands for decentralized finance, which a lot of people believe is one of the biggest use cases to come out of cryptocurrencies because supposedly everything needs to be decentralized, right? Isn't that the big, uh, isn't that the big technological revolution that you talk about all the time, Mark? Um, everything should be decentralized? Well, no, that's not exactly right. No, I do talk about the decentralized revolution, which is what we're witnessing, which is what we're living through right now, which yes, the, the technological revolution is decentralization. However, unpopular opinion is not everything needs to be decentralized. Let me say that again. 
for the people in the back. <laughs> Not everything needs to be decentralized. So DeFi, decentralized finance. Okay, really? Is it really decentralized? So let's think about this. If I was going to make a loan to somebody, I should know who that person is and what the percentage chance or the risk that they may or may not pay me back. I don't think anybody listening to this would ever want to loan money that you've worked for, your hard-earned money that you've saved up, loan that out to someone who you don't know who they are and you don't know what they're going to use it for and nor do you know what the percentage chance, the probability of them paying you back is. That would be insane. I hope nobody here would ever think about doing that. Um, and if you would think about doing that, I think you should rethink that. And so that now think about that in terms of decentralized finance. What does that mean? <laughs> finance should be centralized. There should be a central entity that's looking at the credit worthiness of the borrower and determining if it's a good or bad deal. They should determine that one person is less risky and gets a better rate. Someone is more risky, pays a higher rate. Somebody has to do that. A central entity. We don't need that to be decentralized. What other things don't need to be decentralized? Well, lots of things. Um, for example, tracking um, logistics on on the uh, supposedly on the blockchain. Well, you could substitute the word blockchain for database. And so let's track them in a database. And we do that now already. Amazing, isn't it? All right, now back to the um, lesson at hand. So this DeFi movement, this decentralized finance movement has really been opened up wide by uh, what's called yield farming. And so people are chasing chasing higher than average yields. So for example, you put your money in the bank. When you put your money in the bank, the bank uses that money to create more money by loaning it back out. Now, the bank pays you interest on that money because, of course, they're using that money to make more money. Now, it used to be that you could actually live off the amount of interest that you get from the bank. When I was a kid, you could make 8 10% on your money sitting in the bank. You had a million bucks, that'd be $100,000 a year, $120,000 a year of passive income coming just from putting your money in the bank and then loaning it back out. Today, the problem is the bank gives you 0. 0.5%. I mean, basically, they give you nothing for having your money in the bank. So a lot of people are chasing this yield. How can they get a way to get this yield, a way to get these better than average returns? And so people start going out further and further in the risk curve in order to do that. They, um, they start chasing all types of risky investments, um, obviously, options trading, cryptocurrency, investing, anything they can do to try to get better returns than what the market would bear. And so um, they've done that. Now, this yield farming seems like a great idea. And so we have DeFi, decentralized finance. We have CFI, which is centralized finance. So the CFI are players like BlockFi, um, players like uh, Celsius, uh, players like Nexo, uh, Crypto.com, etc. So those are CFI, centralized finance applications. And the thing with CFI is they supposedly cut out the middleman and they give more of those distributions back to you. Um, now, those have their own risk and reward scenarios, as DeFi does as well. Now, we're finding out first and foremost the dangers that these DeFi can uh, pose as millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars are evaporating from people's accounts right before our very eyes. I'm going to explain all that to you and more and how to protect yourself from that in a second. By the way, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about... Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about the decentralized revolution that we are witnessing right now. And we're 
we're witnessing a meltdown of the financial system and it's taking down this decentralized revolution with it. However, it's not all what it seems. So I want to explain that to you and show you how you can navigate this. Um, I'll be back with that and more in a minute. So don't go away. I'll be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Bitcoin. <laughs> We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about the decentralized revolution that we are living through right now as we speak. Now, before the break, I was setting up this uh, this thing about cryptocurrencies and this decentralized revolution. We're talking about um, DeFi, decentralized finance. I was explaining the difference between DeFi and CeFi, which is centralized finance. So centralized finance is the Celsius, the BlockFi, the Nexo, the Crypto.com, central entities, central companies that are, that are handling this versus supposedly DeFi that's somewhat decentralized. Now, I was making the case that not everything needs to be decentralized. All right, but now that you understand that, so now we have these decentralized protocols. The one that's blowing up right now and dragging the entire market down with us is called Terra Luna, or its symbol is UST. Now, it's grown very, very fast. It's grown very, very big. 
because they throw out a 19.5%, about a 20% interest rate. So I can make 0% in my bank. I can make 8 to 12% through one of these centralized finance CFIs. Or I could make 20% by using one of these DeFi protocols like Terra Luna, staking it on the Anchor protocol. Now, let's just ask a question. You've probably heard the saying, there's no such thing as free lunch. You've probably heard the saying that if something is too good to be true, then it probably is. So ask yourself, if the banks, which are pretty much risk-free, I mean, your money is FDIC insured, if they pay you 005 Someone else could pay you 10%, and then um, Terra Luna on Anchor pays you 20%. Why do you think they can pay you 20%? Because you're taking an enormous amount of risk. And so the first thing is you always have to think about your risk-adjusted return. So there's an enormous amount of risk for doing this, and we're finding out exactly how much risk we have. So we're talking about um, this DeFi, and we're talking in sp specifically about these stable coins. So a stable coin now means that the token itself, so in this case, this UST token is equal to $1. And um, not that the dollar is super stable, <laughs> we can see the prices of uh, milk, steak, food, gas, uh, cars going all over the place. But it's always pegged to a dollar. So as the dollar, it's always worth $1, whatever a dollar can buy you, that's what it's worth. All right, now we have a couple different versions of these stable coins that I think are important to dig into before we go too far into this story. Um, so stable coins have become very, very popular. The first one was Tether. Tether became this first one. And basically, if I put a do if I give them a dollar, US dollar, they'll give me back a token that um, is equal to $1. It's redeemable for $1. Anytime I want, I could go redeem that token, and get my dollar back. Now, they were supposed to be holding those dollars in an account. So they had my reserves in an account. Anytime we want, we can go exchange those. That's how it's supposed to work. Now, we've had lots of stable coins start popping up. And the reason why they really gained a lot of popularity is if I'm in Bitcoin or some other cryptocurrency position and I want to, I'm trading, I'm in and out, I'm in and out, I'm in and out, um, it's hard to go in and out of US dollars. And so we've created this token or they created this token that allows me to sell my position in this cryptocurrency and go into the stable coin temporarily. And then I can go back into position when I want. And so it allows me to stay within this crypto ecosystem. Well, Tether grew really, really fast. It gained a lot of uh, reserves, gained a lot of um, notoriety. And so, of course, their stable coins popped up. Um, we have a lot of different stable coins. So Tether, we have DAI, which is another, well, we'll break that in a second, USD coin, True USD, um, DGX, uh, and on and on and on. But I don't want to go into all the particulars of each and every coin. What I want to do is I want to break down um, really the two different types that we have, or really maybe the three different types that we have, okay? So the first one, which is what they're supposed to be and what I think most people believe they are and they're finding out the hard way they're not, is that they're backed. They're backed with dollars. So I give them a dollar, they give me a token, they hold my dollar until I'm ready to exchange it. Now, if they keep all those dollars in their account, that would mean they're fully reserved. All the dollars they've accepted, they're sitting in their account. That's okay. Because at any time, people can go redeem and get their dollars. No big deal. The problem is when they start going into what's called a fractional reserve, meaning when you give them your dollar, they only hold on to 50 cents of it, or they only hold on to 10 cents of it. And the other 50 cents or other 90 cents, they go do something else with, like put it into another asset or try to gamble or trade with it to try to earn more money on that float on your money. All right, so this is where the problem comes in. Again, full reserve, they have all the money, everyone go get it, no big deal. 
fractional reserve is a problem. If everybody wanted to go cash in their money, it would create a run. They wouldn't have enough money to pay it all back. In addition, depending on what they're doing with the rest of that money, they're putting it more at risk. And if they lose it, they may not have your money to give back to you. And that's part of the problem. So real quickly, the only coins that I'm aware of, and if I'm wrong, please feel free to hit me up on social media and let me know. The only two coins that I'm aware of that are fully regulated and fully backed by US dollars are USDC, which is the circle coin, and GUSD, which is the Gemini coin. So USDC and GUSD, they're both federally regulated and backed by US dollars one-to-one. As far as I'm aware, every other stable coin out there is not fully reserved. Now, why is that important? Well, let me tell you, uh, so one, it's important because as we can see, UST, Terra Luna coin, is getting attacked right now. And as it turns out, they don't have the money to pay back. So instead of having those dollars, what they did is they put those dollars into another token they have called Terra Luna. So if I want to redeem my dollar stablecoin for a dollar, what they do is they don't give me my dollar back because they don't have it. What they do is they give me a dollar's worth of this new token. The problem is, what if that new token isn't worth a dollar? Well, that's the problem that we've run into. And that's the problem that we're seeing melt down the entire ecosystem. To give you an idea of exactly what is going on, well, before we go into that, I wanna, I wanna break down the mechanics of how that, how that works. But I wanna explain to you, like I said, the difference of fully reserved or fractional reserve, because I think that's a key piece. And I dig into history all the time because history continues to repeat. And there's a parallel throughout history that explains this to us. This is, this is nothing new. Uh, the period in time that I'm talking about is in the United States, and really it happened all around the world, and it was called free banking. Free banking was a time before we had central banking. So today we have central banking, which means that we have people at the top, central planners, that are planning the entire banking system. Free banking would be the opposite. Free banking would mean there was competition. That means people could start different banks and they could have different business models and they could compete against each other. Now, uh, you probably know which camp I'm in when it comes to that. I'm a free market person. I believe in free market um, competition. I believe competition makes better products, better service, better prices. Central planning, in my opinion, always fails. Well, it's not just my opinion. <laughs> Throughout history, central planning always fails because it lacks the competition. It lacks the profit incentive. It lacks the information that comes in a free market um, system. So free banking, uh, per Wikipedia, it says that uh, in the strictest versions of free banking, um, there is no role at all for a central bank or the supply of central bank money. Uh, central bank money is supposed to be permanently frozen. There is therefore no government agency acting as a monopoly as a lender of last resort. Sounds, sounds uh, quite different than what we had before. And I'm going to tell you why I think this is uh, preferable. I'm going to tell you what the history of this shows us. And then, like I said, I'm going to show you how it's exactly the parallel to what's happening today. Don't go away. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. 
They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. All right, welcome back. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, of course, all the time. And today, specifically, we are talking about DeFi, decentralized finance. We're talking about stable coins. We're talking specifically about Terra Luna stable coins, which are blowing up the entire ecosystem. Now, um, before the break, I was explaining how there's really two different types of um, stable coins. We thought they were reserved. They had full reserves, meaning they were holding our dollars and we could redeem them for dollars whenever we want. However, we found out that most stable coins are not reserved, meaning they're not holding our dollars and instead they are fractionally reserved, and so they're holding a little bit, maybe 50% of your dollars or 10% of your dollars, and the other 50% or 90% are being loaned out and are at risk in some other assets. Now, I was explaining how this is actually nothing new, and this is actually how the banking system works. So the banking system that we have in the world today, central banking is built on fractional reserve. You put $10 in the bank, and nine of them get lent back out. The problem is those dollars get lent back out and go into somebody else's bank, and then they they keep 10% and loan out 90%. And it happens over and over and over again until we have so much leverage in the system that if even just a few percent of people, less than 10% of the people went to the banks to get their money out, the banking system would collapse. This is actually what happened in Canada as they started to freeze everybody's accounts uh, from, the, from the trucker protest that um, very quickly they decided to reverse their position because the banks were going broke. But I want to liken this back to a period of time known as free banking. So free banking was before central banking 
And it says per Wikipedia, the strictest versions of free banking, there's either no role at all for the central bank or the supply of central bank money is supposed to be permanently frozen. Um, there's no um, no government agency acting as a monopoly as a lender of last resort. And so in the central banking system, the central bank, the Federal Reserve of the United States, is the lender of last resort. And so if a bank were to go bankrupt, the Federal Reserve can step in and backstop them, basically print more money out of thin air to give them money to keep them from going bankrupt. Now, the historical reference of this is really going back into the 18th and the 19th centuries. Um, it was defended by most notably Adam Smith, who Adam Smith is uh, was an amazing uh, author. If you haven't read his books, you definitely should. Um, and really, if we go back into the United States, and, and we saw it through Australia, Switzerland, Scotland, et cetera, but in the United States specifically, from the period of 1837 to 1864, that's referred to the era of free banking. Now, a lot of people, specifically uh, people that are proponents of the central banking model and people that have been raised to think the central banking model is good, so people that have gotten economics degrees and so forth, have been taught that the, that the free banking era was bad, that all these different banks that were that were starting up on their own and creating their own currencies was a big problem because they were continually going out of business and blowing up and people were losing their money. Now, that is true. Um, however, maybe the reasons for why that happened isn't necessarily true. But basically, um, you would have a bank open up and they would create their own form of currency. And I could choose as a person in a free country which of these free banking models I want to go with. So Bank A says, hey, bank, hey, says, hey, Mark, we're going to hold all your money for you, and it's going to be always there for you, and anytime you want, you can come get it, um, and we're just going to hold it, and we're not going to pay you any interest on that. Okay, that's my choice. They can hold it. I earn nothing. Um, let's say bank B, bank number two says, hey, Mark, we'll hold your money. However, um, we're only going to hold 75% of it, 25%. We're going to go do some loans, but they're going to be very, very safe loans. We're going to be very, very careful. And we're going to pay you, say, 5% on your money. And then bank number three or bank C, they say, Mark, we're only going to hold 25% of your money. However, we're going we're gonna to loan the 75% out, but we're really good at this. Um, we're going to be really careful, but we're going to pay you 15% on your money. So now those are three different competing models. One's fully reserved, one's barely fractional reserved, and one's massively fractionally reserved. They all, one gives me no return, 5% or say 15%. Now I get to choose which of those I want based off of the return that I'm getting and the risk that I'm accepting, all right? So I think that's a good model. I, I personally do. Um, I can choose my risk. They can operate. Now, in a free market, the bad banks will fail. They're going to make bad decisions. They're going to fail, and people will lose their money. It's going to happen. It happens all the time. People invest into things all the time. They lose their money, but it allows this competition to happen and it creates a market. One man's loss is another man's gain, unfortunately. Um, and that's exactly what these stable coins are doing. So they create their own token, just like the free banks created their own dollars. They create their own token and they have different levels of reserve. Some are more reserved, some are less reserved, and they have different risk models. What are they doing with that money? And it's up to me in a free market to decide if I want to use one of these, and if so, which one I want to use and how much risk I'm able to take. Now, some of the problems and complications come from 
do I really know what their business model is? Is it opaque? Is it transparent? Is it non-transparent? And that's part of the thing. You always need to be able to quantify your risk. Now, um, that's how the free banking system works. Now, a lot of historians, most economic professors would have you believe that the free banking system failed because these banks constantly blew up and people lost their money again, which is true. And that's why we need the central bank to come and backstop all these so people don't lose their money. It's not entirely true. All right. So let me let me just break this down before we go into the rest of it here. So um, if we look at this, what really happened is that the general banking banking laws that the government enforced upon these banks, they made these banks operate within this structure and the banking laws restricted their activities in a bunch of important ways. All right. Most importantly, the U.S. free banks could only have one office and they had to provide security for their notes by gold reserves, but also by purchasing and surrendering to state banking authorities certain securities the state law deemed acceptable for the purpose. So let me think about this a second. So one, that they allow me to operate um, in a competitive environment, but I have to abide by their rules and their rules hold back my competitive ability. So um, one, I have to provide uh, reserves in gold, but also, I have to put the money into whatever the banking committee, the banking authorities tell me I can put it into. Here is a big, big problem. So instead of holding all my dollars in a full reserve system, now the actual bank authorities are forcing that bank to not hold full reserves, but instead put some of those reserves into the assets they want them to go into, such as the securities generally included bonds of state governments, And it was the depreciation of these bonds that was the chief cause of free bank failures in various episodes when many banks in a state failed. So, (laughs) gotta love the government. They didn't allow the free banks to operate freely. They didn't allow them to actually compete. Instead, they mandated, one, you can only have one branch. Two, the money you have, you can't actually hold it. Instead, you're forced to buy risky government debt. And it was the risky government debt that went bad on them. So then the collateral they were holding went bad and they weren't able to pay their depositors back. When the depositors saw this happening, what do you think happened? The depositors went to get their money out of the banks. The run on the banks caused the banks to collapse. Whenever you have your money in a bank or in any type of asset, if you're holding Tesla stock and you see it down 40% right now, you might be freaking out. You might go, shoot, I better sell that now. I'm happy to take 60 cents on the dollar back right now because I could lose even more. And that's exactly what happens in this fractional reserve banking system. They see, oh, shoot, they loaned some of the money to these government um, bonds. These bonds blew up. I'm not getting my money back. I better go get my money back first before everybody else shows up. Um, I'm going to explain more about this free banking concept, how that worked. Um, and then I want to apply it back to what's happening with US, um, the U.S. dollar stablecoin, specifically Terra Luna. And then we'll talk about some of the things that you should be doing to protect yourself. Um, that and a lot more when I come back here listening to The Mark Moss Show, talking about Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, the decentralized revolution, and specifically today, DeFi, decentralized finance, stable coins, and what's happening with Terra Luna, and so much more in a second when I come back. Don't go away. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. 
They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, the decentralized revolution each and every week. Today, we're talking specifically about decentralized finance, DeFi. We're talking about um, this Terra Luna blow up that's happening. And I was talking about, before the break, I was talking about the historical context of this. And so um, stable coins, uh, whether they're fully reserved or fractionally reserved is nothing new. As a matter of fact, this is an exact parallel, in my opinion, to the free banking model the United States went through from 1837 to 1864. I went into a little bit of a tangent telling you that everything you've learned is wrong about free banking and that it didn't blow up because they were necessarily bad businesses. They blew up mostly because the government mandated how they operate and really forced them into a model that caused them to collapse, mainly by forcing them to buy government bonds of state governments that uh, when they failed, uh, the collateral they held failed as well. Another thing that really caused uh, free banking to fail to, to fail is that the lack of branch banking in turn caused state-issued banknotes to be discounted at varying rates once they had traveled any considerable distance from their sources, which was an inconvenience. So what does that mean? So um, in addition, um, they, they were so restricted, they could, uh, they could only have one office. All right. And so what happens is then instead of um, two things, instead of having this economy of scale where like a bank could grow and they could have multiple offices and they could be- they could benefit from that economy of scale. The bigger problem is that if I bought uh, Mark's currency from Mark's free bank in the city and then I traveled to another city, there was no Mark's bank there and there was no Mark's currency to use. And nobody wanted to accept Mark's currency because it was 100 miles away and it was hard to travel back then. And so what would happen is someone would say, um, well, I'll take that Mark's currency, but because I'm going to have to drive 100 miles, or they, they couldn't drive back then, sorry, they had to go by horseback. Since I'm going to have to travel 100 miles to redeem it, I want a 10% or 20% haircut. Now, 
Uh, let me give you a, a modern day example of this. The US dollar is the reserve currency of the world. Um, the US dollar is recognized everywhere around the world for the most part. I spend a lot of time down in Mexico. In Mexico, they accept dollars pretty much everywhere. Um, there's a little place that I like to go to on the Baja Peninsula. It's about a uh, about a 14-hour drive from my house. It's about, because uh, it's deep in Mexico, it's probably three to four hours from any major town, uh, major town where like there might be an ATM, for example, there's no ATMs there. There's no consistent power. They, they don't really have any electricity. They don't have any internet. There's no cell phones. Uh, the reason why I go to this place in the middle of nowhere is because the waves are really, really good. And I'm not going to tell you the name of it because I don't want to let people showing up there. But I spent a lot of time there. Now, when you go there, they want pesos. Pesos is the currency of the dollar. Everybody uses pesos there. Now, in some of these places, they will accept the dollar. The problem is they're going to have to drive. They have cars now. They're going to have to drive about two hours to the nearest town where they could find a bank to turn those dollars back into pesos. So, yes, they'll take the pay. Yes, they'll take the dollars, but at a massive discount. And that's exactly what happened with this free banking because they couldn't have multiple branches. Um, it it caused them to have to discount their currencies. All right. Now, that was a big tangent, uh, give you a little historical lesson to show you that this is exactly where we're at today. So these banks were limited in what they were able to do because of the government regulations. And then um, they did not hold all of those dollars in reserve. And so that caused these bank runs and these things to happen. And so back to the stable coins, the stable coins are doing the same way, same thing. They're not holding 100% of those reserves. And basically, anytime you don't have something fully reserved, you're going to open yourself up to runs. At some point, some attack is going to happen where they're going to come and say, hey, this person did something risky. There's a chance we may not get our money back and people will start running for the exits. Like, uh, like at a movie theater, if somebody yelled fire, there's two exits and everybody's going to start running for those exits and everybody will start trying to pull their money out. Um, fractionally reserved assets are always dangerous in this, in this regard, specifically in this case. So like I was saying earlier, USDC and GUSD, as far as I know, are the only two um, coins that are 100% um, backed. Now, as a side note, I mean, just taking a look at the damage and destruction that's happened here. Um, so this, the way this, this specific Terra Luna coin works is that I give them a dollar and they don't hold that dollar. Instead, they turn that dollar into value on the Terra Luna token. Now that Terra Luna token just a couple of weeks ago was worth about $92, $97, $95, I mean, almost $100 just a couple weeks ago. That token was worth about a hundred bucks. So, if I wanted my dollar back, they would give me a dollar's worth of that token. The problem is, is that has been absolutely plummeting. As a matter of fact, just a couple weeks ago, it was worth about a hundred dollars, and today, at the time of this recording, it's worth one, one dollar and seven cents. As a matter of fact, we've seen the market cap uh, drop. I mean, almost 90%. I mean, it's just a complete bloodbath on this. And so instead of holding my dollars, they put it into this risky asset. The problem is that risky asset became worth next to nothing. Um, and now that's bringing down the rest of the market. The Terra Luna stablecoin had a valuation of about, um, where are we here? 
about 18 billion. Today it's down to about 9 billion. I mean, capital is just getting completely liquidated. Now, what's happened since then? Now, a lot of people believe this might have been an attack. And as a matter of fact, I've been having lots of conversations talking about this. Of course, it's all speculative at this point, but this is what Wall Street hedge funds do. They spot a weakness or an imbalance in the market, and they go place wagers and bets against it. They've been doing this for a long time. They've been doing it since the 80s. I remember hearing stories of corporate raiders. You have uh, famous people like Carl Icahn who have made their name off of you know doing corporate raiding, things like that. Movies have been made, like the movie Wall Street was made about doing that. And they find these uh, companies that might be over-leveraged. Um, they borrow money, they attack them, they short them, and they crush it. I don't, I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. Uh, unfortunately, it hurts a lot of people. Uh, but this is uh, this is capitalism, I guess. Now, some risks that you need to be aware of. I think that all stable coins that are not 100% reserved are at risk. Once it happens to this one, they're going to come after the rest. So all the other stable coins, um, specifically Tether, I would be very cautious of holding money. If you want to hold money in stable coins, I would take it out of those and put it into one of the two I mentioned, USDC and GUSD. Um, the other thing I'd be careful of is that this is going to cause a lot of contagion. We saw Terra Luna trying to raise about a billion and a half dollars to try to help prop it back up. One of the companies that was putting a lot of money in was Celsius. Now, a lot of you might know Celsius, I was referencing earlier, as a centralized finance company. Why would they be willing to put up so much money to help a competitor? Well, probably because they invested a lot of their clients' money into that protocol itself. And so they have this interest to try to prop it back up. So I'm afraid that as this continues to get worse, it might start taking down companies like Celsius, companies like BlockFi, et cetera. So I'd be very, very careful with where you have your money right now today. Now, it's also been dragging down Bitcoin partially because everything's coming down, but also because they had... They had a big chunk of their money, their dollars, in Bitcoin as well. They were forced to liquidate that entire balance. About a billion dollars of Bitcoin was dumped onto the market, which has also brought that down. Now, if this continues to spread, if they go after Tether next, if Celsius gets pulled into this, if this can happen, it could really bring down the entire market cap of almost everything. This is a risk that you have to be aware of. Now, it seems like right now from conversations I've been having today, this is having a big positive result on Bitcoin. We're hearing that people, institutional buyers are lining up trying to get orders in to buy Bitcoin, but there could be more short-term pain before we see a turnaround. That's just the truth. I don't want to admit it. I don't want to believe it. I hope it's not the case, but I think that could very well be because uh, the way the markets are right now, all these big hedge funds, they're looking for some way to find yield. And one of the easiest ways to find yield is to go attack these companies and make giant windfalls. It's rumored that maybe the company who did the attack on Terra Luna could have made as much as $800 million. Anyway, that's a big lesson. Only hold coins that are fully reserved. Watch out for everything else. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show, talking about Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, uh, the decentralized revolution, and today, the stablecoins. Thanks so much for listening. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency and consistency scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality visit lazarusnaturals.com today lazarus naturals committed to improving your life as well as the world around you not available in idaho iowa or south dakota let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket legal shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.